Hello everyone, it is Saturday, December 4th, 2021, and I have the honor, the privilege, and the pleasure of welcoming you to yet another episode of the Ordinary Podcast, polynerdic.com's weekly nerd-centric life and culture podcast for adults. As always, I am your ordinary nerdy host, Shad, welcoming you to episode number 234 of this podcast. It's incredible to me that we're at episode 234, almost as incredible as the uh, fact that it's December 2021 already. I feel like the last two years have just blinked past us. Uh, They have both felt like the longest things I've ever experienced and incredibly fast, This week's show is being recorded on the 2nd. Normally I would record this on Friday night, uh, but this week I will have a special visitor and my 16-year-old is going to come down for an extra night and part of the day on the 4th. So we're recording on Thursday uh, to to ease the burden of Friday. Um, So that means I won't have thoughts about anything that happens between you know, now and Friday evening. Um, I did not get up to a lot this week myself. Um, after that big, huge stream we did last week on uh, Thanksgiving Day, um, I really didn't do much of anything other than um, I got three quarters of my Christmas shopping, my holiday shopping done. Uh, all I have to do is wrap up the boys' presents or, you know, purchasing the presents and then actually wrap them up. Uh, and then I'll be completely done with that. Um, I did play some games, but I didn't stream a damn thing uh, in the time since we streamed that big, long 18-and-a-half-hour stream. Um, I tried to upload that to YouTube, uh, but I need to break it up into smaller parts because I tried to upload the 18-and-a-half hours, and it op- uploaded... Um, it tried to upload it in two parts, and one of the two parts failed. So I just deleted it all and I'm, I'm going to go back and break it down into probably by game if not by segment um, but I haven't streamed since then haven't had the energy I did wrap up a season of golf on the uh, the 2k PGA game that uh, was a, a PlayStation freebie a couple months back uh, I finished the season and then deleted the game uh, because I, I won and it just like, hey, you won this tournament. Here's a trophy. Here's a trophy in game and a trophy, you know, achievement style trophy. And then it just started over. And I was like, okay, I've seen everything I need to see here. Um, let's go ahead and uninstall it, which I'm sure Chelsea will be happy about when we move away from each other and her PlayStation has no golf game on it. Um, and then, of course, I've dabbled quite a bit in Animal Crossing this week. Uh, I, I was only doing the vacation homes on stream, but then I got tired of, of not doing it. I, I got tired of not um, engaging in it, you know, because um, I, I bought it. I really want to play it, uh, whether I'm streaming it or not. Um, so we did that a little bit this week, and then I, I, just, I really just kind of kind of chilled. Like, I, I, I did some D&D stuff. I... Um, when we played last weekend, uh, which was a hell of a game last weekend, um, uh, for those of you that haven't heard me talk about the game I'm playing with my kids and Chelsea, 
Um, they're in Avernus, and which is the first layer of hell if you don't know your D and D lore, and they're looking to save a city that had been pulled into hell. And in the course of investigating that city, um, the characters are way higher level than the the module is written for. Um, so I, you know, kept adding difficult monsters to the encounters, and we got into one uh, where I it was. It wasn't even an encounter in the book, to be honest. It was uh, an area where there was the potential for an encounter with a mummy, uh, a single mummy, and the the party would would wreck a mummy at this point. So I threw a Goristo in it, which is a giant um, demon and a 19th level character, challenge rating a 19, and it uh, it took a beating at the start of the fight. Um, Mostly from Chelsea's character, who has a ridiculous amount of damage dealt as a, a in stealth because she's a rogue, and so the, Chelsea by herself knocked off about half its health. So I did the logical thing. These are you know chaotic monsters that are just rage beast. Um, it's going to go after the thing that hurt it, and I knocked Chelsea to negative ten hit points in one attack, and because I critted, and. Uh, we ended there on Saturday. That was like our cliffhanger. Uh, the giant demon just charged forward, gored her with a horn, and we stopped for the night. And then Sunday we came back, and I had plans, uh, depending on how the the how um, the other two handled the situation, and they they handled it better than I expected. I didn't account for the the, the actions they took, um, or. I didn't. I can't say I didn't account for them. I just, you know, I didn't know if they were going to do it, if they were going to freak out and just try to go full, you know, combat since they knew the thing was half dead. But they, uh, they, they made their way through it. It was Chelsea's character's first time in slightly over a year of playing that, that she'd been knocked down. Everybody else at the table had been knocked down uh, a couple of times, but Chelsea had always avoided it, being a rogue and fighting from a distance. This was my first real opportunity to throw something at her hard, and I critted on it, and, and, and it uh, had a devastating effect. It was good times. Um, so I did some D&D stuff, planning for the, for the next weekend's game. Not, not the weekend this podcast airs, but a week from then. Um, and then uh, I painted a couple minis. Um, I completed a drow and a death knight. And I got about halfway through a, I got a really nice uh, Elder Brain um, mini uh, off of Etsy. And I'm about halfway done with it. I've got it all painted. I just need uh, the shipment from Reaper where I bought a new vial of uh, of wash um, that I need to, to give it a, a once over of of the uh, the lower half of it. Because I did, I did the flesh wash on the brain. And the brain itself looks really good. The tentacles look really good. The brine pit looks good. But everything from the brine pit down needs washed. And uh, if you're interested, it'll be on the Polynardic Instagram as soon as it's clear-coated and ready to go. Um, I found out uh, I'm getting an early Christmas gift tomorrow. Um, I'm eager to see it. Uh, I know what it is. Um, it is a it's a Tiamat mini off of Etsy that I'm going to have to assemble and paint. 
And the assembly part makes me nervous because I have a Zariel, uh, Corrupted Angel, um, Archdevil of Arch Archduchess, really, of, of Avernus that I have all painted. And every time I try to assemble it, it just kind of like the... I'm not the best at assembling it, and I get you know that I don't know if I need different super glue or what, but it's just not one to hold together, and it's frustrating because uh, I want to have this thing pieced together before we, you know, finish the arc we're on. Uh, so assembling the Tiamat makes me nervous because uh, the only other dragon I have that came from Etsy in, a, in module form uh, that I've tried to put together is a Beholder dragon. And I had to, like, putty its wings together because they didn't fit, like, the pegs that are supposed to, like, anchor them together so you can, you know, have extra support when you go to glue it. Didn't fit, so I had to, like, shave them down and then use uh, some some sticky putty stuff and then paint it all together. And then, like, even, like, it's holding, but I'm really afraid of the, the wings moving and I haven't finished painting it yet. So, um I'm going to learn from that lesson, and I'm going to paint each individual portion of the Tiamat Mini before I go to assemble it. Um, it wasn't supposed to be until after Christmas, so my kiddo told me what it was going to be and showed me, uh, and then it arrived a month early. Um, so I'm going to get it early this year, so hooray for me, early Christmas. Um, and then I'll get it painted, because you know, we're in Avernus, and that's where Tiamat lives. Um, so if we, if I can bring her into the game, that would be great. Um, if I can't, I can't. Um, other than that, um, I watched episode four of the wheel of time. Um, still really enjoying the show. Uh, still benefiting from the fact that I read those books over a decade ago. Uh, it's probably been about 15 years um, since I started them. Let me see. When did the last one came out? come out? Um, because th there was a thing with the... There was a thing with the books. Let's see. The very first book came out in 1990. And then the last book came out in 2013. And there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 books. And those of you that know, know this. But, like, between Knife of Dreams and The Gathering Storm, uh... Robert Jordan died, the original author. And then the author of the Mistborn series, Brandon Sanderson, uh, was brought in to finish the final novel. Uh, and then that final novel was so thick, it turned into three novels. And you got to remember, I think there's there might be one. One of the books was smaller. I think it might, might be New Spring. Um there was there was a Wheel of Time novel that was thinner than the rest, but the vast majority of them are, are like fucking doorstoppers. They're all like Stephen King thick books, um, something like over five million words in the entire series. Um, so it's been eight years since the last book, uh, and I read it right as it came out. I had it pre-ordered, ready to go, um, and I started the series itself a couple years before that. So it's been 11 or 12 years. 
um, since I read the books, which has given me enough distance that like I really don't have like I don't have it committed to memory. Uh, it's not like Game of Thrones where I read the first book literally within a month of when I got to watch the show once it came out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, so I was like much more intimately familiar with the Game of Thrones franchise as it progressed, um, you know, up until it got bad. Uh, still waiting on the next book, George. Um, so I really enjoy the Wheel of Time is what I'm getting at. Uh, I've seen some discussion about how the way the the magic users in the Wheel of Time show uh, use their magic, because the way magic works in that world is there's a there's a weave involved, um, literal threads of energy that that they that they use to make magic, and and in the world at the start of the series, only women can do it safely, and I use safely in in quotations because you know they can still get hurt. Um, and then once in a blue moon, a uh, uh, a man will be born who can who can um, so, can use the magic, uh, but the the problem is is that the the last time the quote unquote dark one, um, I think it's exactly what they call him, um, the dark one in that franchise. Um, he uh, corrupted the male half, uh, so anytime a man starts to channel, they go crazy. Um, and so like the women in the world that are casters, they, they have a, a group of them that go out and cut men off from it, gentle them as they call them. Um, and in the books, the casters don't even have to move. There, there's no, there's no physical uh, cat part of the spell. You know how, like in D and D, there's verbal, somatic, and um, material. Um, there is no motions or hand gestures required in the wheel time books. In the show, I almost said movie, but in the show, they swing their hands around and and have typical casting movements, down to some that look like downright dancing as they twirl around and and weave the magic around them. Um, and some people have complained about it, and I saw somebody on TikTok, and I wish I had saved it so I could remember who it was. He was talking about, like, in his opinion, one of the reasons why they don't do it like in the book on the show, and it makes sense to me when you look at it this way. Can you imagine how boring visually it would be if people just stood stock still and, like, turned their head and darted their eyes around and, and maybe not even that, maybe just stood there? Um, it isn't as visually appealing. Um, I like the general vibe of the show. Um, you know, the special effects, yeah, the special effects aren't the best uh, when it comes to things that are CGI. Um, the, like, the magic and stuff is fine. The, the the way the weave swirls around them as they, as they you know, cast their magic and stuff. Or the way the male um, half of it is presented where, like, for women, it's like a white to silvery, misty kind of thing that swirls around them. Uh, almost like a, an actual spectral thread. Um, and then when men are doing it, it's the same thing for a moment. And then this black corruption seeps through it. And then it becomes like this black mist. Um, 
I like it. Uh, I'm disappointed there's only going to be eight episodes because that means they're not going to get very far into the book at all uh, unless they do some heavy jumping around, um, which is a good and bad thing um, because that means it's not rushed. In theory, it means it's not rushed. Um, you know, it remains to be seen how ru- how ultimately how rushed the season is. Uh, but it uh, try to remember what I was saying. I, I my train of thought completely derailed. Um, there's it could go two ways. It could either be super rushed and they could screw up a lot of stuff, or they could take their time and then it could take two or three seasons per book. Uh, but my only problem with that is, is at that pace, there's no way in hell they finish the story. Uh, even if they never get canceled and they're, and they're given enough time to do it. If it's two or three seasons per book, you're looking at like a 26 to 39 season run. And that's just not plausible. They're, they're, they're not going to, you know, recast the actors and stuff for that long. Um, so my suspicion is is they're going to move things along faster. Uh, I actually talked to Chelsea about it last week that I, I'm, I'm curious to see if we get to see it all the way through. Um, like, does it lose steam and falter and we, de- we don't see the end of the story? Does the show get canceled before we see the end is a good question, in my opinion. A valid question, considering how long the books are. Um, and also, you know, to, to be fair, the books aren't all stellar. Uh, I read the whole series, but there's some books in the middle that are just, oh my God, a, a, a slog to read through. And, um, and some of the better books still have really sloggy parts in the middle. Uh, Robert Jordan liked to write. Um, he, he liked to talk. Um, also caught episode three of Hawkeye. Continue to enjoy that show more than I thought it would. Um, I really like the introduction of Echo. Um, and then I, I learned while I was reading on this Echo character that Echo's getting a spinoff. Uh, so that tells us that in all likelihood Echo doesn't die before this season's over. Um, entered in as a villain, um, a deaf villain, uh, which is, which is cool to see that representation. Deaf actress playing a deaf villain. Uh, also an actress who is legitimately missing a, a leg. Uh, when it first started, I was like, is this... Like, I don't know the character from the comics. Uh, I, I read that the character was deaf. Um, what's the deal with the the missing leg? That's, that's an interesting addition. And then I found out the actress herself is actually an amputee. Um, failing to remember her name, though, so let me look it up. Um... I know she's a young woman who is a Native American. Uh, how do you pronounce this name? I don't want to say it wrong. I don't want to say it wrong. Um, 24 years old, uh, from Wisconsin. Uh, this is her first role, which is insane. Um... Alakwa Cox, forgive me if I pronounce that wrong, but Alakwa, 
Um, really cool that they hired an actual deaf actress to play a deaf character. Uh, you know, you hear a lot about representation and how often Hollywood fails. Um, like the two separate instances of Scarlett Johansson uh, being cast to play people that she had no business playing. Um, Ghost in the Shell. And uh, I don't even know if the other movie got made. Um, were the one when she was going to play a trans person. Um, Hollywood fails at representation a lot, so it was cool to to see this happening. Um, even though I had no idea it was happening beforehand, it was it was a nice surprise. Uh, what else? Uh, Carnival Row. I started watching that. Uh, I think I I might have talked about it last week that I watched the first episode. I went back and rewatched the first episode and then most of the second. And I, I might have watched all this. I don't know. My attention span and understanding of time is weird right now. Um, even with all my new medications, it's it's still pretty hit or miss. Um, and then I watched uh, over the last couple of days the entirety of the Trials of Mount Tiamat, D and D live play, real play, however you want to call it. Um, DM by B. Dave Walters, one of my favorite DMs in the whole world. Arguably one of my favorite um, people in in tabletop uh, productions. He's really good in the uh, L.A. by Night series as uh, Victor. And um, he's uh, amazing as Freely and an amazing DM. Um Really enjoy his work as a DM. He DM'd this seven-part series, I want to say it was. Yeah, it's a seven-part series. Um, and it was, uh, it's, it's all about, it's essentially the, the end run of um, the Tiamat arc that was uh, put out there as um, a two-parter. The Tyranny of Dragons. Uh two-part modules that that D&D put out early on in 5e. Um, I've read through them. I'm going to run them someday, but I'm going to make some heavy alterations because there's there's some head-scratcher uh, back-and-forth moments in the, uh, the way it's written. And then there's some uncharacteristic stuff, like a blue dragon doesn't behave like a blue dragon. Um, Like when you read the lore of how blue dragons are supposed to act, and early on in that uh, module, there's a blue dragon that doesn't behave right at all uh, for its type. Um, but essentially, that's what's going on here. It's it's a multi-team assault on the newly christened Mount Tiamat. Tiamat has been brought to the brought to the the material plane, and she's not at full power yet. Uh, but her cultists are doing rituals and stuff to, to bring her to full power, and that's what the heroes have to stop. And it's heroes from across multiple um, D&D live stream shows. Um, there's some Acquisitions Incorporated C-Team in there. There's the Heroes of the Plains are in there. Um, characters from the Hellfire Brimstone novel series are in there. Um, uh, Mark Mir, uh, Bayloth, the Drow... Uh, character he plays in Baldur's Gate is in there. Uh, Minsk from the Baldur's Gate series is in there. Um, 
just a, just a lot of characters. Uh, wa- Rivals Waterdeep's represented in it by a handful of characters. Just a lot of um, basically like if you think of like the bigger D and D streams that are like on D and D Beyond or or um, those sort of, of of YouTube channels. Basically, not Critical Role. Like if you, you put Critical Role aside, and then all the big ones like Heroes of the Plane and stuff uh, that are on like Demi Plane or D and D Beyond or or any of those um, YouTube channels uh characters from there are represented in this episode in this arc uh all the way up to the last episode which a small spoiler uh the battle with tiamat has 15 players in it um it's the largest session i've ever seen ran i've I've never seen a 15 player party um and they make it work and it's pretty good. It could it could have honestly gone on longer, in my opinion, because um, it ha- had not even begun to get old. Because uh, they kept it fairly interesting. Um, you, know, you got some Deus Ex, Deus Ex Machina going on in there to keep people in the fight uh, longer than they probably should have been. Um, but it was a, a lot of fun, and it, it's basically what I've had running on in the background anytime I haven't been doing anything else. Uh, this week, doing the dishes, listening to this, you know, working on other things, listening to that. Uh, that's how I got through all seven parts of it this week. Uh, as I said, I painted some minis, um, talked about that, and then also just really excited for the new stuff. You know, I'm excited for that 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 Tiamat figure that I'm going to have my hands on tomorrow night. Um, also excited for some of the official ones that have been announced. Um, you know, I love some pre-painted minis too. As much as I love painting my minis. I do love having the ones that are, you know, professionally painted and manufactured and just be all pretty, um, you know, like the, the adult dragons and stuff. Um, I know there's a, an adult gold dragon coming soon. Uh, Loth, the spider uh, queen, the drow uh, demon queen is uh, getting a figure. The elder brain dragon is getting a figure in March right before my birthday. Um the Van Richten's Guide and Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons uh, books are getting a, a bunch of uh, pre-painted minis for them. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. Even though I'm broke and, you know, all of my income right now is going to either trying to get my car fixed or, you know, spending a modicum of money on the children um, for Christmas. I'm still very excited about all the DNZ stuff because I know there's the potential down the road that I'm going to get my hands on it again. Um, and that's my stuff this week. Uh, I know we I managed to talk for a half hour about a bunch of bullshit. That's fantastic. Um, news this week, a uh, couple interesting things. Um, Xbox Game Pass continues to be the best deal in gaming uh, as they added... As of this recording, Stardew Valley, Lawnmower Simulator, Evil Genius, Evil Genius 2, and a few others uh, this week. Uh, Halo Infinite's coming next week. Yeah, a week from today, I believe. Um, Alien, uh, the, the, the three or four player Alien uh, game is coming as well. Something I would never want to buy. Um, but I would, I will play when it's on Game Pass. Um, even though, even though, um, I don't have friends, enough friends that play games 
to play it with, I will certainly give it a try. Um, Battlefield continues to be in the news. Uh, I talked about last week how disappointed I was with it and how quickly I uninstalled it. Um, although I am thinking about reinstalling it and giving it another go, uh, just because I am a glutton for such things. Uh, Battlefield continues to have some struggles. Uh, it was in the news this week that more people were playing Farming Simulator 2022 than were playing Battlefield on Steam. And that's pretty sad. Um, Respawn, head of Respawn, Vince Zampella, um, is now the head of Battlefield at EA. That's, that's a new position he's taken. Uh, head of Battlefield, and they are working on the Battlefield universe because they have decided that there's just too many quote-unquote rich storytelling opportunities in the Battlefield franchise. Uh, they, they, they need to have a universe, um, which is funny to me because the last couple games have had really piss-poor campaigns, uh, and this one doesn't even have one. Um, the newest one does not even have a fucking campaign to it, and yet they think there's enough you know, storytelling meat there to do it. Um, now, granted, Zampella made great stuff with Titanfall 2, still waiting on Titanfall 3. Um, probably never going to happen, uh, but... I really enjoyed what he did with that franchise. So there's hope that he can make Battlefield good. Um, but it is upsetting how bad Battlefield 2042 is. From how bad it looks to how bad it plays. Um, they did put out a bunch of updates this week. Uh, I think there was like three of them in the last week and a half or so uh, that are supposedly working on a number of things. That's partly why I want to try it out again and just just give it a better shot than the night I streamed it and, and just wasn't feeling it. Like maybe if I had like legitimate time to devote to it, I, I would uh, be better, uh, will, you know, more willing to to, to give it a go and, you know, not be streaming it, you know, to just experience, experience it with, without, you know, the camera in my face and stuff. Um, so that's probably what I'm going to do, uh, once I play some of these other new games. Um, cause Joe, uh, friend of the show, man who made me cry during my Thanksgiving stream. Um, he, uh, or nearly cry. I actually cried more talking about it last week on the podcast than I, than I did in the moment. Um, He's been a big advocate for Lawn Mowing Simulator. I've got it installing right now as we record this. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, but I am very disappointed in Battlefield, man. Like, I... Like, when I... I think I talked about it last week during the... Uh, discussing the Xbox Museum stuff. Like, on the 360, Battlefield was my game. Bad Company 2. Um... Battlefield 3, uh, even Battlefield 4. Um, I got it. Actually, no. Now that I think about it, I didn't play Battlefield 4 on the 360. I waited until I got an Xbox One uh, to play it. Um, Battlefield 3, though, and Bad Company 2, I played so many fucking hours of those. Uh, that was with my, my crew of people I played with. Like, my peak... Online gaming days uh, were the Battlefield days. So I've, I've wanted a good Battlefield for so long. 
and Battlefield 1 and uh, Battlefield 5 or V uh, just didn't do it for me. I, I just didn't like them. Um, especially uh, 5 slash V. Um, the campaign in it was just so bad. Uh, didn't like it at all. I really want Battlefield to be what it was. Uh, you know, I complained last week about there being essentially hero characters in it. A um, couple more news stories real quick. Congress. Uh, they're all over the video game news right now. Um, well, not necessarily Congress, now that I think about it. The other one was state legislators. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Congress is looking to intru- introduce a bill that has been dubbed the Stopping Grinchbots Act. So the SGBA, uh, Paul Tonko, Senator Richard Blumenthal, Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and Senator Ben Ray Lujan um, introduced a bill to stop bots from um, being able to buy from retail stores uh, because many of us know that the... uh, The situation with bots just buying up all the new consoles is, is, is just just too much. Um, they're, they're beating everybody to the to the punch. Uh, it's 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 just just terrible. Um, and it, it you know it makes it. Hard to, harder to get them than they need to be, you know. Like that. That's that's the 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 takeaway there is is that it is way too hard to get a hold of one of these new consoles. And it's interesting that they're they're stepping in. I mean, I think as slow as Congress moves, um, I don't think the bill will be done, you know, in time for the holidays. Because I mean, fuck it, we're like Hanukkah already started and Christmas is twenty three days away. So, um. We're not going to have luck with this bill before the holidays. Uh, and then also, you know, the chip shortage is still an issue. Uh, and they're not predicting it's going to be resolved until the middle of next year. Um, but at least at least they're finally doing something, you know, after every, a year of it being a fucking problem. Uh, because that's how quickly the government moves. Um, and then I saw another story, and I can't find it right now. Let me... I know I shared it on my Twitter, so give me a second to scroll through this. Um, some states are going after Activision Blizzard right now um, over the you know the abuse allegations and whatnot. Um, there it is. Um, government officials press- pressuring Activision Blizzard are now threatening the company's profits. Uh, this was posted yesterday on Kotaku. Uh, Yesterday, meaning Wednesday. Uh, Yesterday, as I record this, state treasurers from California, Massachusetts, Illinois, Oregon, Delaware, and Nevada are calling on Activision Blizzard to take more serious measures in addressing the ongoing high-profile investigations and lawsuits. Uh, According to Axios, treasurers have asked to meet with board members at Activision Blizzard by the 20th of December 
threatening action against the company if it does not comply. Um, the reason these states are involved is in um, several of these states uh, own stock um, in Activision Blizzard um, and others like the treasurers from Illinois serve as auditors of public accounts. Um, uh, this is part of the whole states having active investments in Blizzard that are affected by the company's stock prices, which in turn affect pension funds that people use in retirement. So it's a little-known dirty fact. Um, maybe it's not as little-known. Uh, maybe it's a well-known fact. Uh, but s several of our state governments use the stock market to fund pensions. So when the stock market gets wonky, so does the pension funds. And if they have stocks in Activision Blizzard and Activision um, stock prices are going down due to Kodak and Co.'s uh, improper behavior, um, you get the government's attention that way. Uh, will anything happen of, out of it? Probably not. Um, although this, this line's funny. We're concerned that the current CEO... Bobby Kotick and the board of directors don't have the skill set nor the conviction to institute the sweeping changes needed to transform their culture, to restore trust with their employees and shareholders and their partners. <laughs> Remember last week we talked about Bobby getting out there saying like, look, if things that I've allowed to happen, don't stop happening, I'm going to have to resign. Um, as I, I think I closed last week's show on fuck Bobby Kotick, but um, it's a mess and it just keeps getting more and more messy um, as the weeks go by uh, Dying Light 2 has gone gold uh, two months until it launches I think it launches in February uh, February um, I'm excited for it uh, but it's one that I'm going to have to wait until I get my hands on a Series X or a Playstation 5 to play um I want to see that game at, at the best I can see it at. And since those two consoles are going to happen for me before a high-end gaming PC, that's what I'm going to have to get. And I like the first Dying Light a lot. I think the ending of it was pretty disappointing. Uh, but the game itself was great. Um, and I, I really look forward to this. this What they've sold as a, a, a huge, huge world with multiple changes and your choices having consequences and all that. I mean, do I think there'll be a lot of overlap? Probably. I remember reading once like a year ago that, you know, you're, you're going to have to play it a ton to see everything. Um, something like your first playthrough will only see like 30% of the game or some, some ridiculous number like that. Um, I'm interested to see if they are able to hold on to that ambitious, uh, goal or you know did they have to streamline a little bit more how how do the existing choices work you know if i give water to this faction does it screw this other faction over or i turn the pump back on and it drains the flooded area over here which gives more land but lets out new monsters you know like that sort of stuff i'm very fascinated with um saw a trailer two this week for uh son of the forest uh I think that's what it was called. It's the sequel to The Forest, which is, uh, you know, it's one of them survival games where you dropped into a hostile jungle and you gotta survive. Uh, this one's hook being that there's a bunch of, like, mutated uh, monsters running around. Um, 
some of them very human centipede looking. Uh, and the sequel continues to double down on that. I'm not entirely certain, but I think in the trailer, you're working with someone who has extra legs and arms. Um, cause they're like on the left side of the screen in a, in a couple sequences and it looks like they have too many arms cause it looks like they're holding a shotgun and two arms and then a third arm is holding a pistol and then it looks like they have three legs. Um, I don't know if that was what I thought I saw in the trailer, but, um, the trailer looks interesting. I never played the original. I heard it was really bad. Um, so I'm hoping this second one is better. Um, because as much as I dislike survival games, I am also always fascinated by them. Um, I really like it when I can like turn off thirst and stuff like that. Um, cause Subnautica has a great, uh, you know, explore the world mode, um, where you're not afflicted by the, uh, the survival elements, you know, the hunger, the thirst, the exposure. Um, that's the stuff that puts me off of most of those games. I think the only one that I really enjoyed the hell out of that had that in it was uh, Don't Starve to Death. Um, but like like Stranded uh, Stranded Deep, I think it was called. Um, I like that game, but it, it was it was a little too merciless for me uh, with the the ease at which you could get hurt, especially when it would, you would get hurt because of some funky glitch. Uh, there was at least two or three times that I got hurt by my own raft. Uh, because it catapulted me into the air and I landed awkward. Um, but but I, I, I really... I'm looking for that perfect survival game that, that just nails it for me. Uh, Fallout 76 was close. Um, but because it was so closely, you know, a Fallout game, uh, it disappointed me because I wanted, like, a more traditional Fallout game. Um, and the last bit of news, um, Tom Holland... Apparently is not done as Spider-Man. According to this news story here on Game Informer, um, Amy Pascal has revealed that we'll be seeing more of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. She said that No Way Home is not the last Spider-Man movie Sony is making with Marvel. Uh, In a new interview with Fandango, she revealed that Holland's next movie will be the first in a new trilogy. Uh, This is not the last movie that we are going to make with Marvel. This is not the last Spider-Man movie. Um, That's what she said in the interview. We're getting ready to make the next Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Marvel. We're thinking of this as three films. And now we're going into the next of three. Um, This is not the last of our MCU movies. Uh, Now, Game Informer goes on to speculate that due to the way she phrased it, Holland will be in at least one more Spider-Man movie. um, Not ruling out him being in all three of the new trilogy, but because she didn't specifically say he will be in all three and she said he will be in the next one, uh, Game Informer is speculating that perhaps he appears in the first of the new trilogy and then hands off the title to someone like Miles Morales. Um, or he could be in all three of them. Um, news of a new Spider-Man trilogy, though, they are right that it is exciting. Um, People were afraid that Tom Holland's Peter Parker was going to die in No Way Home. Um, Very excited for No Way Home. Every time I look at the trailer, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so exciting. It's going to be so exciting to see how they handle this. Um, I look forward to it. 
Uh, I won't see it in theaters in all likelihood. Um, especially now that the uh, the latest, more contagious version of uh, coronavirus has arrived here in the States. Um, it was last night, early this morning, I saw that it was in San Francisco. Um, and it's probably elsewhere, too. Uh, it just hasn't been detected yet. Um, you know, we're not going to talk about the pandemic here. I learned uh, this week on TikTok that it, it it's nothing but a headache if you if you post some pro vaccine um, pro mask stuff on on any sort of social media that people publicly access. Um, you know, people that TikTok's real good because like people that don't follow you have a real high probability of seeing your shit. And all I did was post a a video where I didn't even say anything. I just agreed with the video I was uh, duetting uh, that was about, um, you know, being an adult and taking personal responsibility and getting the shot if you can get it. Um, and then it started slowly. Like one a-hole said something about, you know, we'll see it a couple years, you know, when you're all dead, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I kept just blocking and deleting the bullshit cause I'm not going to argue with a bunch of anti-vaxxers about stuff. Um, and then we, I just kept seeing the same fucking talking points over and over and over again. Uh, and then started getting attacked myself. Um, and it's like, look, my stance is pretty clear, you know, like get the shot. If you can get the, if you can get the shot, fucking get the shot. Wear a mask. Do what's right to help people, you know? And I'm not going to put up with shit for it. Uh, so even though I just said I wasn't going to talk about it on here, I guess my stance is out if you didn't already know. Um, that's going to be it for this week's show, though. Um, I'm going to enjoy half a weekend with my kiddo. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've had these special one-on-one -on -one weekends. Um pre-pandemic was the last time we did this and you know and after they've been in the the mental hospital and, and and working so hard on getting their their head right you know as i have been doing as well um it's gonna be cool to just have the weekend together because you know chelsea won't be here for most of it and it'll just be the kiddo and i um and she's gonna bring me that that tiamat that's although that's not why i'm excited obviously I'm excited about the Tiamat, but it's not why I'm excited my kid is going to be here. Um, I hope you have a good weekend, wherever you are, whoever you are. Um, I hope whatever bother is bothering you presently, if you have anything that's bothering you, um, you get through it soon uh, with minimal suffering, come out the other side better, stronger, um, wiser even. I love each and every one of you that let me uh, come into your homes on a weekly basis. Um, you know, as I've, I've made jokes about it before, I'm not entirely certain how many of my listens are actual people and how many are bots. Uh, but those of you out there that are real people know that I, I just adore the hell out of you for for bringing me into your home for 30 minutes to an hour every week. Um you know, pretty soon we'll be doing our end of the year stuff. This this end of the this year's end of the year podcast will be uh, wildly different than what we're used to because I I haven't played a bunch of new stuff. Um, 
so we're, we're probably going to have very limited categories. Um, and in all likelihood, we'll just talk about what we played this year, uh, the good, the bad, and the uh, the indifferent. Um, not so much, uh, this is the top 10 games of 2021, because I don't think I've played 10 games from 2021. Um, it might be a top five this year. But that's in the weeks to come. Um, so I'll say it again. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. Polynerdic on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, we have live videos on Twitch, uh, which I'll be I'll be back Sunday morning uh, with that. Um, a lot of the stuff gets archived on YouTube. We have polynerdic.com where this podcast goes up every Saturday morning or at least most of them. Um, almost always on Saturday, though. Last weekend, uh, we went up in the afternoon, so I forgot to schedule it. Um, I digress. Uh, we have a Reddit and a Discord, probably my least used uh, social medias. Um, I'd like to get them booming, but, you know, I'm I'm very bad at posting everywhere, <laughs> you know. Um, thank you for listening, though, and I'll be back next week with another episode of The Ordinary Podcast. It's been my pleasure to be your ordinary nerdy host, and we'll see you next week.